So this morning we're in, we are in uh, a four-week series. Uh, this is our third of four weeks. The first week we talked about spiritual life, and uh, the second week we talked about hospitality. That was last week, how to be an outward focus, how to be more outward focused, not just as a church, but as people. And then this morning we're talking about generosity, generosity. So two weeks ago, we said the antidote for boredom with God is this, understanding how crazy God is about us, that he loves us, that he's actually crazy about us. It's a term we don't normally associate with, with us and our relationship with God, but God is actually crazy about us. It's similar to those of us who are grandparents, understanding how crazy we are about our kids, that God is our, our grandkids. Oh, oh, I said our kids. Oh, my goodness. Slip of the lip. Our grandkids and uh, how crazy God is about us is in the same way. The prescription last week we said for hospitality is simply um, sharing with others the love that God has shared with you. Sharing that same love with others. So my question for those of you who were here um, last week, did you have opportunity this week to share love with somebody in the past week, to, uh, to show hospitality, to, to be outward focused outside of yourself or your own family? This morning, the, or this morning we're talking about practicing generosity, and that means joyfully, joyfully sharing what God has given you with others who need it. Now, you see a pattern here, that, you know, that God gives us something or shares something with us, and that we, in turn, we turn around and we share with the next person. That's, um, that's real religion, right? That's true religion, James says in one trans- translation, true religion and undefiled religion, where we actually reach out and we want to help others. So years ago, um, years ago, we, we were getting ready to take our oldest child, our daughter, off to college. And she was going out to Indiana, and where she was going was going to be like 12 hours away. And we had recently moved to Iowa, and we still had this vehicle that we'd had for quite a while. And I was trying to get, you know, every mile out of it. And I wasn't sure that this vehicle was going to be good enough or trustworthy to take to uh, Indiana to take my daughter to college. And so uh, I was thinking about maybe renting. I'd maybe have to rent a vehicle and uh, get, a ve- get a vehicle and, and get her there that way. So somebody in the church found out that we were thinking maybe of renting a vehicle. And we went out to eat with this uh, couple one night, and we went out to this restaurant right here. Uh, it's called the Blue Mountain. Have, have any of you ever been to the Blue Mountain restaurant in Orange City, Iowa? Oh, oh, you have been. It's awesome, isn't it? You know, is it still open? Is it open right now? Okay, okay. So we were in the Blue Mountain, and we were eating, and uh, we got done, and we walked out, and this is the outside of the restaurant, and we walked out the little, the little white doors there, just left of center in the picture, and we walked to the street, and the couple said, you're not going with us. Now, we had gone there with them. The four of us had driven there together, and they said, you're not going with us. And I, I was like, okay. And he handed me a set of keys to a new car. Right? Well, it wasn't brand new, but it was a black Montana minivan. It was a lot nicer than the car I had. In fact, it was pretty late model for, at that time. And he said, hey, we heard that you could maybe use a vehicle. 
we got this for you, and here, take a look at it. And they started showing it to you, opening the doors and popping the hatch. And, and they, they were so excited to give us this vehicle. I mean, they, they were thrilled. Now, I'm, I'm standing there. I don't know what to do with my face. I don't know what to say. And I don't like really receiving, you know, because it is more fun to give than it is to receive. And uh, they, they were just like, they were just giddy, and then they started telling me how they went about, you know, procuring it for me and all that, and then, and then they were gone. And my wife and I got in it, and, you know, I'm looking around and checking things out, and, uh, and there we were. There we were. This couple, this guy had started a business. The guy can't even spell, okay? He was, he was on my board, and he would send me emails. He, he literally couldn't get through an email without three or four, six typos and misspelled words. But the guy was brilliant. He was brilliant, had a great business mind. He, he was a, a, a kind of a, uh, he thought about the big stuff. And he brought a good team around him to think about the little stuff. And years went by, and his business had kind of went up and down and up and down. And while it was up, they sold their business to a larger corporation. And he walked away from it with like, Tens of millions of dollars. Tens of millions. And he thought, he and his wife, they were like, this isn't our money. This God has blessed us, but this isn't ours. It's, uh, it's somebody else's. And we just got to figure out whose it is. And they were looking, and to, to this day they continue, to look for people to help. To look for ways that they can help other people. Um, they're motivated. Uh, they're motivated by love. We talked about last fall. Uh, I shared with you my series on the boxes, and the foundation of those boxes was love. So, in ge- with generosity, if the foundation is love, then you're being generous. If the foundation of giving is duty or obligation, you're just being obligatory or du- or dutiful. And the problem with that is that it doesn't, it doesn't bring any of the happiness or any of the joy if you feel like you just have to give. If you just have to give, well, then you give, but there's no joy in it. But when you get to give and take something that God has blessed you with and you share it with somebody else, then that brings great joy. The other side of the boxes, the other side of that is where the foundation of our life is self. It's all about me. And uh, we've gone over this before, but relationships, service, and uh, worship in that third box, relationships turns into just leveraging networks, building your image instead of serving others, and just doing works instead of worshiping. And so when it's based on self, giving and generosity is empty. It's just empty and it's hollow when it's just based on self. But when it's based on love, then it's filled with joy. So you don't have to be rich to give. You don't have to have a lot of money or a lot of possessions to be generous. You can have just a little. And here in uh, Luke chapter 21, if we had stayed in Luke, we would have eventually gotten to chapter 21, where Jesus says this. They're in the temple, in the temple courts, and he's with his disciples. And it says, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. So even back then, there were people who were rich. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow 
has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her minuscule poverty, put in all she had to live on. So here's this widow, hardly anything. And she goes up and she drops these two little coins in. And there's Jesus, the Son of God, God himself, standing there watching her. And he's watching all the rich people, but he sees the widow. And he recognizes that based on her heart, based on her heart, not her gift, based on her heart, not her gift, she was generous. And she was the most generous person in the temple at that time. And all these other people, they were giving out of their savings and out of their investments and out of their surplus. That It never affected their daily life because they had all this extra. And they gave out of that. And what they lived on and operated on never got touched. They just gave out of their wealth. She took what perhaps she was going to use for food that day or the next day. She took what she needed to pay the bills that week or the next week. And she dropped it in, trusting God to provide. So generosity, generosity is when you share what God's given you that you actually need with somebody else who needs it. It's not just out of your excess, but it's even out of what you need to live on. So, well, how do you do that then if you've got, do you have to empty your savings? Do you have to empty your investments? No. No, because if you've got savings that you save regularly, which is a good thing because in Proverbs, right, it teaches us to save for the rainy day. If we've got savings and we've got investments, then we've got the part of our budget that that we touch week in and week out. And we take some of that and we decide we're going to, in the short term, we're going to deny ourselves this week. We're going to deny ourselves this month. We're going to take what we had set aside for us And we're going to sacrificially share that with somebody who might need it more. And in that way, we're going to practice generosity. I don't know about you, but I love love being generous. And it's more fun. It's way more fun. Yesterday, Yesterday, my wife and I, we went to lunch somewhere because we were out of town. And the service was really bad. It was really bad. And I, I just tipped because it was handy the way the bill was. I just, and I ended up tipping 18%. I don't know what you tip or if you tip or how you think about it. But the whole joy in that was gone. Because I, I never tip 18%. If I can afford, now this is just me, but my, I've had kids who were servers. So that, that, that plays into my whole idea of going out to eat. I've had kids who serve people, serve these big groups, and then they walked out and got nothing. So when I go in, if I can't afford 25%, I think, well, then I can't afford to eat. And I only gave 18%. I walked out. I had no joy in even giving that 18%. No joy. No joy at all. Because, well, the person just, they didn't, they didn't even really earn the 18%. They really didn't earn any percent at all. So I technically could have been being generous but there was, really, there was really no joy in it because, well, I, they, didn't, they, didn't allow, they didn't allow me to be generous with them. And sometimes people, 
people don't allow you to be generous because uh, they're, not, they're not ready to receive what you have to give. So um, this woman, when she came with the little bit that she had, she actually gave out of her poverty while others were given out of their wealth. Now, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, Paul speaks to Timothy, and he gives him some really, really good advice when it comes to money and possessions and sharing with others. It says in 1 Timothy 6, verse 6, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. We brought nothing into the world. We can, if you've been, ever been around for the birth of your kid, you know, you know, or if you've actually, if you're a woman and you birthed your kid, you know that they bring nothing into the world, right? We all come in. We don't even have the shirt on our back because it's not on our back yet. And when we go out, when we go out, we leave everything behind. We, and then, we leave everything behind, and if we haven't done a good job taking, making plans, we leave it all for others, for our relatives, to have to manage and dispense of and take care of. We don't bring anything in. We can't take anything out. And he's talking here about contentment, contentment. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Well, now he goes on. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. He says, he doesn't say those who are rich. He says those who want to get rich. That's their driving motivation. I want more, I want more, I want more. I don't have enough, I need more. Those who want to get rich, they fall into a trap, they fall into temptation. Why? Because, the next slide... The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now again, it doesn't say money is the root of evil. It says the love of money. And it doesn't say the root. It says a root. It is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Command those who are rich in this present world, therefore not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. So the beginning of this uh, verse 17 says, command those who are rich in this present world. Would you consider yourself rich in this present world? Okay, I see... I saw, without looking again, I saw two people going like this, and I saw one person going like that. So I have this thing. Like, I don't even like going to the mall anymore because I've already got the best phone I could want. There's not, there, that's the only reason I ever went to the mall, was to just look at the phones that I couldn't buy. But now I've got, now I've got the best. It even tells me what time it is. Isn't that great? But... If I have one of these, I'm rich. I'm rich compared to, compared to all the other people that walk the planet. I'm pretty rich. I've got a lot. So it says command those. And this word, you don't like to hear this word, do you? That Paul is telling Timothy to, for the rich people to give them a command. So if we're all rich, I'm rich, you're rich. 
Here's what the Bible is commanding us. Don't be arrogant. What is arrogance? Putting our hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, right? It's like it's written for today. Wealth is so uncertain. Here today, gone tomorrow, right? But to put their hope in God, and this is so cool, God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It actually turns right around, and we think, we often think that our, that our enjoyment is going to come from what we have, from stuff. But it says here that God wants to richly provide for your enjoyment. So as parents, when you give your kids stuff and they enjoy it, that's fulfilling, right? That's rewarding. When, you, when you're able to, as a parent, provide something for your kid and your kid receives it and they utilize it, they use it, they enjoy it, they consume it, whatever the reason is that you've given it to them, that's fulfilling. So God is giving us, he wants to give to us all things, and it says richly. We, we put our hope in wealth, but God is saying, no, no, I'm going to give you Everything that you need, I will richly provide you with everything. And then it says, for your enjoyment. God actually wants us to enjoy what he gives us. He wants us to enjoy the things that we have. Not, not be like, oh, well, I'm not supposed to have any fun with this because I'm a Christian and I should be sacrificial. No, God actually wants us to enjoy what we have. It says in the next uh, verse, verse 18, command them to do good to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. Rich in good deeds. It doesn't take any stuff to be rich. We can be rich just in good deeds, just in helping other people. And last week I said to you, you know, make that little three-minute list of everything God's done for you, and then in two minutes find out who you can then turn around and bless based on how God has blessed you, who you can love, who you can reach out to and touch or impact or serve, based on how God has blessed you. So I won't ask you now, you know, if you've done that. But if you had, I bet you enjoyed it. I bet it was fun. I bet you received fulfillment out of it. Uh, I did. My wife did this week. But now it says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds. This is generosity. I, I, I want us to have a generous, I want us to be a generous people um, for a reason I'm going to tell you in just a minute. The last uh, verse, verse 19, in this way, being generous in good deeds, in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age. This is where the U-Haul is attached to the hearse, to the coach to the whatever it is they call it these days. That car that carries the casket, you know, they joke that you never see it carry, towing a U-Haul because you can't take it with you. Here's how you can take it with you. Being rich in good deeds, being generous and being willing to share because that's how we're going to lay up treasure for ourselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that we may take hold of the life that is truly life. So life that is truly life, tangible experiential life that's real, that's living, gives. People alive and enjoying life give. Givers are the true livers. Livers? 
Givers are livers. That's, that doesn't sound right, does it? It just doesn't. It sounded right when I wrote it down, but it doesn't sound right when it comes out of my mouth. And livers are givers. Gizzards. Livers. A real, vibrant, rich life is one full of generosity. So let's summarize. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Is that right? No, that's not right. The love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. There's other stuff that's also root of all kinds of evil, but the love of money is one of them. So therefore, don't love money. Don't be arrogant and don't put your trust in wealth. It's hard not to put our trust in wealth, isn't it? I mean, it's just like a, a hair's breadth difference. Um, am I trusting? Why is it that when our bank accounts are healthy, we feel better? Who are we trusting in? Or is it just the, is it just the Proverbs where Proverbs says to, you know, do things with wisdom and God will bless you know, a, a, a wise person will store up for the winter. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's the fulfillment of just being a wise person. But, but even there, there's like this, this a hair's different, difference between feeling that fulfillment and then, and then also trusting in our wealth. I think it's just something we always have to check ourselves on, that we don't want to put our trust in wealth, but as Paul told Timothy, put our trust in God. And then do be generous and willing to share. I like the, uh, the message paraphrase. Eugene Peterson translated in a paraphrase fashion the whole Bible, finally. And he, he wrote this in these verses 17 through 19 of 1 Timothy 6. Tell those rich in this world's wealth to quit being so full of themselves and so obsessed with money, which is here today and gone tomorrow. Tell them to go after God who piles on all the riches we could ever manage to do good to be rich in helping others, to be extravagantly generous. If they do that, they'll build a treasury that will last, gaining life that is truly life. So I hope that you will be generous so that God will bless you. I hope that you will be generous because generosity is rewarded by God, not necessarily financially or with material stuff, but we're just better people when we're generous. We're, we're, we're more effective. We're, we, we enjoy life. We're, we're better livers when we're more generous. And that's why I want our church to be generous, so that God will use us and bless us. I want to be generous because it, it comes back to me in all kinds of different ways. So give, oh, oh, two, two Proverbs I wanted to show you. One person, I was thinking about these, these are so good. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. They pour out, but there's still more in the glass. And they pour more out, and there's still more in there. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. Oh, before I could drink it, it all evaporated. It's, It's gone. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That's why we need to be generous. So the question is, how can I be extravagantly generous this week? How can I be? How can you be extravagantly generous this week? Can't you feel it already? I already feel it in the room. 
Give, not out of your wealth and excess, but out of what you have to live on and see what God does. So that part of your budget that you're living on this week, give from that. Just see what God does. Just see. Just see. Just be, be, here's a word that you hear used a lot, be ridiculously generous. Just be generous. And then just see what, what happens. See what God does. Practicing generosity, again, means joyfully sharing what God has given you with others who need it. And the great theologian Winston Churchill once said, and I'll end with this, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give.